0: Postal Publishing, the Going Postal Cast, and Christopher Chapman present Incarceration, the serialized weekly podcast performed by the author, Christopher Chapman. For more information, visit www.goingpostalpublishing.com or email him at goingpostalpublishing at gmail.com. This podcast is not suitable for children. It has violence, gore, and lots and lots of naughty words. If you can't handle that, Go somewhere else. And now, now on, on with, with the story, story or whatever, whatever other crap right I decide saying. to come up with. I'm going postal. Are you going postal? Hello, once again. This is Christopher Chapman, author of Incarceration. This is the Going Postal cast, Incarceration Episode 23. It's that time of the week again. It is time for another episode of your favorite, or maybe second favorite, or maybe even your third favorite book. It's got to be in the top three, though, right? So it's time for updates galore. I am working on multiple projects all at once here. First and foremost, getting Daddy's Little Girl ready for publishing. It is on track to be released in July or August, and I'm not exactly sure. It's probably going to be late July or early August probably within a two or three week span I will have more details on that coming up very soon and I'm writing right now I am working on actually two stories of course the one you knew about the third Death Has Come book is over 30,000 words along I have been working on that feverishly for the last several days getting my at least the minimum I have Scrivener set up where it keeps track of what do I have to do to get done by the date I want to get done by? And right now, I've gotten it down to like 1,419 words to get it done by the end of April. I'm hoping to have it done before then, and it doesn't take into consideration the fact that I have a feeling this story's going to go above the word count that I entered into it. While I've been working on that, there's been a short story that I've been working on this is actually going to be the last short story that I need to do before my short story collection will be finished. No, that doesn't mean that a short story collection is coming out anytime soon, but the main stories that will be featured in that short story collection are now going to all have been written. I hadn't planned on writing anything else besides the third Death Has Come book, but there was something that happened while I was on Facebook in the last week where... Well, it just created a whole story in my mind, and I had to write it, so I couldn't really push it back any longer. So, on top of all the words that I'm writing for Death Has Come 3, I am putting out at least 500 words a day to this new short story. It's coming along nicely, but it does need some work, of course, for stress normally do. Let's get into the story. This is episode 23 of Incarceration. Chapter 41 It wasn't a very good plan, if you could call it a plan at all. Matt's entire plan had revolved around hiding in a cell for the night, picking off a vampire one at a time and escape in the morning after the sun had come up. He'd never considered running into a vampire with superhuman strength that could bend the steel at will. Once the bars had been bent open, they were screwed. Jason had brought up the possibility of grabbing the belts and using them on a different cell. I spent three days chiseling out those holes in the wall, Matt said as he slid out between the bars. There's no way I could do that again in such a short amount of time. As long as the power's out, we have no place to hide. They were on the bottom floor of the general population. Three floors of cells surrounded them, looking at them all as possible hiding spots for the vampires that had taken over Lipsky Swamp. It's quite possible that they think we're already dead, Matt said. That is... Unless that big asshole sent them a mental message, telling them that we're still alive. They sent a strong one. They don't normally fail. He was the strongest I've ever faced. I don't think I could have beaten him alone. As he stood in front of Matt's former prison cell, Jason could feel a thousand eyes peering at him from all directions. He didn't know how much of it was fear or paranoia, but he swore that he was being watched from every angle. He knew one thing. He needed to get out of this prison. Shadows seemed to take on lives of their own, moving in peculiar ways that made Jason nervous. The vice grip of fear started creeping forward again, ready to take its hold once more. He fought it off the best he could, but saw the darkness closing in around him like a thousand arms all grabbing hold of him at the same time. Jason, you okay? Matt asked, putting his face directly in front of Jason's. Jason opened his mouth to speak, but nothing wanted to come out. This wasn't the normal fear of the dark he'd experienced over the last 16 years. This was much different. He'd always been afraid of the dark, even though he knew there was nothing in that darkness. This was different in the regard that there really was something in the darkness. According to Matt, there were more than 500 of those things lurking around somewhere, ready to pounce on him at any moment. He didn't know what to do. If he tried to leave, he would die. If he stayed where he was... He would die. It was the ultimate no-win situation. He was ready to die, but that old fear was just too powerful for him. He wanted an excuse to live, yearned for it, but couldn't find the inner strength to push him forward. Matt was saying something. Jason saw his lips moving, but couldn't understand what he was saying. The words entered his ears as a jumbled mess, incomprehensible to his damaged mind. Jason did nothing more than stare forward. Matt seemed to get upset. Jason's jaw exploded with pain as Matt's right palm made contact with his face. Jason's head snapped to the side. He heard Matt still speaking, but the words seemed to make more sense. I know that you're dealing with a lot right now, but I'm just about done putting up with this shit, Matt said. You better figure out if you want to live through this night or not. I want to live, Jason said but his words were flat and meaningless. Matt moved closer. They were so close that Jason could smell his breath. I don't really get the feeling that you're in this for the long haul. I was really starting to like you. I had such high hopes for you. Matt's words struck Jason as if he'd been slapped again. Nobody had cared about him in sixteen years. He'd had one visitor in all that time, and that hadn't exactly gone very well. Did Matt really give a damn? He must have because he cared enough to stop, even when he needed to keep moving, just to get through to him. Jason found that his arms and legs could suddenly move again. He was still afraid. He was afraid that he would always be afraid of the dark, but he now had a reason to keep moving. Matt wanted him to live. He found that was reason enough to want to continue on. He took one step, then two. Within seconds, they were moving past open prison cells, some filled and some empty. As they moved, they gained the attention of the vampires within, who seemed to smell them with their extra-sensitive noses. Don't stop, no matter what happens, Matt said in a flat, firm voice. I will not wait for you, nor should you wait for me. There's a good chance that one of us might not make it out of here alive. Jason didn't like the sound of that. It was probably the most cryptic message he'd ever been given by another human being, well, other than the collection of witnesses and attorneys at his trial. He knew that his chances weren't very good, but he was determined to try. Matt had given him that much. Nobody else had given half that much effort, even the people he thought cared about him. Even if he died during an escape attempt, that would be similar to dying on his own terms. The point was that he wasn't giving up no matter what the fear in his mind told him to do. They picked up the pace, nearing a full run. They were passing open cells rapidly, their insides looking like nothing more than a blur to Jason. He saw eyes, evil eyes, in some of them. They saw him. He was sure of it. They would soon be following them, each one decreasing his chances to survive. I don't like our chances, Jason said to Matt as they neared the exit. My plan didn't really call for us to leave that cell, Matt said as he reached out to press against the door. He stopped suddenly, looking at Jason. I don't really know what lies on the other side of this door, he said. He handed Jason one of the remaining three stakes. I have a feeling that this could be it. Do the best you can. Hopefully we'll see each other on the other side. Jason didn't say anything. He didn't need to. They nodded at each other. A man's way of acknowledgement. They understood each other as if they were old friends. Not the two strangers that they were, having known each other less than twenty-four hours. Matt pushed the door open. They went through. All hell broke loose. Chapter 42 I don't really know what lies on the other side of this door, Matt told Jason. He reached back and pulled out one of the three remaining stakes from his makeshift pocket. He handed it to Jason, knowing that he needed to defend himself. I have the feeling that this could be it. Do the best you can. Hopefully we'll see each other on the other side. He pushed the door open, pretty much knowing what to expect on the other side, despite what he told Jason. He'd seen many things in his years of fighting vampires. He knew that this prison had become a nest for vampires, serving as their home. They were in the process of spreading out, taking over each corner of the prison inch by inch. They would soon have the entire prison fortified, making movement from within almost impossible. They needed to get out soon. Unfortunately, they would have to go through the heart of the vampire contingent, right through the door they were now passing through. He didn't know why he felt as positive as he did. He genuinely thought that they had a chance to survive this. Any other time he would have believed that this was over with a long time ago. Perhaps it had a lot to do with the fact that he'd seen his daughter for the first time in twelve years. It was like a dream come true, yet a walking nightmare. He was happy to see her again, yet disgusted to see her in the condition she was in. She deserved to be set free from the demonic hold she was under. He intended to stay alive long enough to do that. Jason was going to be another story altogether. Matt was unsure of just how injured he was. The second hit to the head had obviously done some damage. The blood coming out of his ears proved that. He didn't think that the damage was permanent, but it would take some time to properly heal. Time was something that they didn't have a lot of. In fact, they had almost no time left. By his estimate, there were still three or four hours before the sun came up and most of the vampires hid away from the light. They would be lucky to survive another hour, especially in Jason's condition. As he pushed open the door, he smelled something burning. He knew instantly what was the cause. Newborn vampires couldn't see the way that longtime vampires could. Their eyes took time to develop, allowing them to see in the darkness. The vampires created fires for the newbies now coming to life as recent recruits of the undead. They would be able to see what was in front of them, at least in this next room. On the other side of the door were about fifteen vampires, all standing near one another. He had to be extremely careful. He hadn't yet witnessed it himself, but there were rumblings out there that killing too many vampires in a short amount of time could bring the appearance of the oldest of the vampires, a beast named the Vampire Lord by some believers. The Vampire Lord supposedly had a real name, an ancient name, but nobody knew it anymore. The last thing he needed was to bring the wrath of the Vampire Lord to the Lipsky Swamp prison. The most vampires he killed in an hour were five. That had been several years ago. Four had died in the last hour, maybe hour and a half. He couldn't kill much more than three or four without taking a chance that the Vampire Lord could take things personally, swoop in, and kill any survivors that may still be out there. Matt plunged his stake into the heart of the first vampire he reached. He swung the screaming vampire around, using him as a battering ram to move through the group of vampires. He got past four of them before the beast turned to ash in his hands. He turned, making sure that Jason was on his tail. He was. He'd passed the same number of vampires, holding a stake in front of him, ready to strike anything that came close. Matt scanned the scene. Nine vampires stood in front of the door that would take them back out into the yard. That was out of the question. They needed more time and couldn't take on Nine right now. The only other alternative was to head back to where Clarence Hongisto had been killed. There were likely fewer vampires in that direction. They would have a slightly better chance of extending their survival. He didn't know for how long. What in the hell are we doing? Jason asked in a voice that raised and lowered with his breathing. We were already down this way. The other way was the way out. Didn't you see all the vampires? Matt asked. He found it hard to speak as he ran. We'd have no chance in hell. There has to be another way out of here. Another door that will get us to where we need to go. The darkness had engulfed them once again. They were running blind through the blackest of night. There were no windows in this area, leaving them in darkness, bumping into things every so often. Matt's shins were aching as he was sure that one of them had started to bleed. That wasn't good seeing as that the vampires likely would smell that blood and be able to track them far more easily. After two or three minutes of running, they came to a set of double doors. They entered quickly and stopped. The room was filled with vampires, some of which wore prisoner uniforms and some that wore the uniforms of the COs. One of the prisoners was a man that Matt had seen before. Hell, it was the guy that Jason was so upset about volunteering to go into the prison. Rick Carlson turned around looking at them with unfeeling eyes. ''Rick!'' Jason shouted. ''Rick, are you okay?'' ''He's a vampire,'' Matt said, extending one of his hands to make sure that Jason didn't try going to him. ''You said that they can think for themselves,'' Jason said, trying to push through his arm. Matt used a whole body to block Jason. He didn't like doing it because he had to turn his back to the vampires to do so. He moved close enough to Jason where he could speak quietly and get his point across. I told you that vampires who've killed and gained power can think for themselves, Matt pointed out. He's a grunt. He won't be able to tell the difference between you and his mother. To him, you're all the same. He feels a hunger inside him right now that needs to be fed. They're young, still trying to figure out what that is. In the next minute, they're going to figure out exactly what they need to do. It'll be like a light bulb lighting up over their heads. The seven of them will know what to do and will kill us. Do you understand? We have to kill him first, Jason asked. All energy had gone from his voice. Matt felt sympathy for the man. He'd lost his parents many years ago, and everybody that knew him turned their backs on him. Here was the only friend he had, standing 20 feet away, and he now had to kill him. It was definitely a tough situation to be in. He would have loved to put an arm around Jason and tell him that it was all going to be all right. He couldn't do that because that was as good as telling him a lie. Matt Zern wasn't about lying. He was about enlightening people to the truth while trying to free his daughter from the grip of the vampires. He had to do what he always did with people. We do, but we shouldn't do it right away, Matt said. He looked to make sure that they hadn't figured everything out yet. It was hard to see them all with so little light in the room. The windows were covered with dirt, covering most of the moonlight that tried to get in. As far as he could tell, they were all still standing there, trying to figure out what to do. "'Remember me telling you about the vampire, Lord?' "'The first vampire,' Jason asked. "'Yes,' Matt said. "'I told you that there is a chance that he will come if we kill too many vampires all at once. I've killed too many vampires already.' We have to be careful not to kill many more. Even one more could possibly bring him. If he comes, we're dead, Jason said in a flat voice. Exactly, Matt said, scanning the scene as he spoke. His eyes focused on something that brought a smile to his face. Jason seemed to notice this. There's a path on the other side of the vampires. If we can get around them, I think we can get out of here. It has to go somewhere. If not... We stand our ground and die fighting. You ready? Jason looked where Matt was pointing and nodded. Matt had no clue whether Jason would follow him or not. He didn't know how much of it was due to the concussions or his own free will. He looked like a man who was groggy and confused. This had to end soon. This had to be hell for him. Rick Carlson stepped forward. He moved towards Jason and Matt, his eyes reflecting the little light in the room. Matt moved a step forward but found that it was Jason who'd reacted more quickly. Matt stopped, waiting to see if this was a bad idea or not. Jason approached Rick. Matt had expected Rick to come out trying to bite Jason's throat out. So far, that hadn't happened. Was there still a flicker of humanity left in there, similar to what he'd seen in his daughter? The idea brought all kinds of possibilities forward. Rick and Jason were less than five feet apart. Neither said anything. Matt kept a closer eye on Jason than Rick. He watched Jason sway on his feet, a sign that his equilibrium was shot. If this got ugly, Jason didn't stand a chance. So there you have it. Episode 23 of Incarceration. We are getting super close to the end. I can't wait. I want to quickly wrap up this episode by saying that you can go to goingpostalpublishing.com. You can check out all the different things there. You can see more information about Daddy's Little Girl. You can see what people are saying about incarceration. And every now and then I actually post something. If you just want to email me your questions, your comments, your cheap shots, you can do that by sending me an email to goingpostalpublishing at gmail.com. If you just want to check out my Twitter, you can do that at Twitter.com slash GoingPostalPub. You can check out the Facebook page, Facebook.com GoingPostalPublishing. Be sure to like me there. If you want to help out the podcast or the books in other ways other than buying, you can do that by clicking on the Amazon banner at GoingPostalPublishing.com. Go through the banner, buy whatever it is you're going to buy, and you are helping out the podcast. Everything that I get from the banner automatically goes right back into the podcast. So that's going to wrap up this episode. I will be back next week with a few more chapters of incarceration. We are getting super close to the end. Hope all of you are enjoying it so far, and I hope all of you have a great week. I want you all to take care now. Bye-bye then. You've been listening to The Going Postal Cast. For updates about Christopher Chapman, his stories, and future podcast happenings, be sure to go to goingpostalpublishing.com. If you want to follow along on Twitter, twitter.com/goingpostalpub, or like him at facebook.com/goingpostalpublishing. This podcast is copyright 2012 Going Postal Publishing.